Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. I'm James Evan Pilato from MediaMonarchy.com. Algorithms to nudge human behavior. We've got that story. Plus, all your concerts are belong to 5G. But first, U.S. Census Bureau using aerial technology to help with the 2020 count. U.S. Census Bureau using new high-tech tools to help get an accurate population count next year as it faces challenges tallying people of color who live in remote places and can be wary of the federal government because as as though those are the only people that would possibly be wary of the federal government. The agency is using aerial images of rural communities and hard-to-reach areas to verify addresses and determine where to send workers to ensure everyone is counted, Census Bureau Director Stephen Dillingham said. Satellites and planes take photos, and Bureau employees compare the housing captured in the images to digital maps from the last census in 2010. It takes a fraction of the time needed by workers in the field. The agency has used the geographic technology since 1990. Yes, they do the census every decade on the, on the zeros here. But has never had access to such accurate tools from the air, said the Bureau's head of the geography division. The technology, known as Geographic Information System, or GIS, uses computers to analyze neighborhoods, land formations, rivers, and other data captured by satellites or traditional mapping. The new tech that it feels like they're just sort of now announcing to us and telling us about it, to improve the census comes amid concerns that tribal areas and communities of color may be undercounted in the every 10-year tally that determines the amount of federal thefts that the states receive and whether they gain or lose Congress critter seats. Supreme Court is deciding right now whether America's next top president can add a citizenship question to the 2020 census. Meanwhile, U.S. Senators Martin Heinrich and Tom Udall, both New Mexico Pepsis that love the idea of more surveillance and less freedom, want Dillingham and, and wanted him to see the challenges of counting rural poor populations with little to no Internet access. They had a publicity stunt showing the border and they're all, all in for this. So thanks to Congress Critters down here in New Mexico, we all get even more surveillance, James, I guess this time under the guise of the census psyop. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, I think you hit the nail on the head when you say, yeah, they're just kind of revealing this to the public. This is kind of the, the big PR rollout for this type of technology, but it is a good window into the types of surveillance that are available because, of course, we're now increasingly aware of surveillance of our smartphones and smart devices and what have you but it's actual physical visual surveillance from the sky as well and let's not uh, let's not count uh, let's not sweep that under the rug i know that there is a company that uh, it provides these services uh, to a number of cities now where they have planes going up that are able to cover miles of area with cameras and uh, they are able to essentially record everything that's going on in the city in detail uh, so that when there's a murder or a bank robbery or whatever, they can go and play the tape back and literally see who was who was going to that scene and where did they go afterwards so they can solve the crime. That's the level that things are already at on the commercial and publicly known side of this. Then there's, of course, the what do we not know side of this. And for windows into that, we can look... Even at Google Earth, which I'm doing some research for a, a podcast I'm working on. Uh, and yes, on the CIA's own website, they brag that Google Earth was CIA-assisted technology because it comes from something called Keyhole Inc., which was invested in by InQtel, the CIA's venture capital far, uh, arm. And in, uh, Keyhole Inc., uh, based on the Keyhole reconnaissance satellites that the U.S. government was quietly using for decades before they bothered to tell the public about it, 
um, has uh, extensive mapping, obviously, of uh, of the Earth. And Keyhole was bragging uh, back in 2003, 2004, when InQtel was first investing in them. Yeah, we're working with the Pentagon. We're helping them, you know, with the invasion of Iraq and all of that kind of stuff. And Google thought, hey, that's great. We'll buy it. So they bought it, and that became the basis for Google Earth. Um, crazy story, but again, it goes to show this technology, obviously, like I've stressed many times before, is decades ahead of whatever they're showing to us. But it's stories like this one that gives you at least a little window into that. Yes, surveillance is happening from the skies as well. I, one of the things I do on my morning shows, I always like to look at what I posted to my own website a decade ago on that day. And I was just even joking this morning. It's like, man, I could just do a show of these decade-old headlines, and maybe by changing a couple of names, it would all essentially sound the same. So, James, our second set of stories here on this utopian hellhole New World Next Week, episode 378. Little to no internet access? Not if the fangsters get their way. Surveillance capitalism. Toronto urged to abandon Google's smart city. Abandon hope, all you who enter here. More fine work from Derek Bros at The Mind Unleashed. The smart city Quayside project in Toronto, Canada, continues to receive criticism from privacy advocates as well as current and former members of the project. Quayside is a smart city located on 12 acres of waterfront property southeast of downtown Toronto. The city represents a joint effort by the Canadian government agency Waterfront Toronto and Sidewalk Labs, which is owned by Google's parent company, Alphabet Incorporated. Sidewalk Labs claims Quayside will solve the problems of traffic congestion, rising home prices, and environmental pollution. It'll leave your breath minty fresh. James, no word, especially as the old clown show Democratic debate kicks off pretty much, I think, right about now. No word on whether or not this smart city cures cancer, cancels your student loans, and pays reparations, but we'll keep folks posted on that. There are plans for housing developments and, of course, a school within the smart city as well. But Quayside has consistently faced pushback due to a failure to build in the necessary pesky privacy protections. The Guardian recently reported U.S. venture capitalist Roger McNamee warned that tech companies like Google cannot be trusted to safely manage the data they collect on residents. McNamee wrote to Toronto City Council warning them that Quayside is, quote, the most highly evolved version to date of something called surveillance capitalism. McNamee told the council that Google will use the algorithms to nudge human behavior in ways that favor its business. McNamee is co-founder of Silver Lake Partners, one of the world's largest technology investors and one of the early investors in Google and Facebook, main parts of the fang. As one Toronto journalist wrote, it's one thing to willingly install Alexa in your home. It's another when publicly owned infrastructure, streets, bridges, parks, and plazas are Alexa themselves, so to speak. So we will include in the related another article by MarketScreener.com that actually gets a little bit more in-depth into Sidewalk Labs, specifically Toronto officials question Alphabet Unit Sidewalks Labs' ambition for Smart City. And I think kind of the, the final insult via Reuters, Alphabet promises it won't sell personal data from Smart City. A high-tech Smart City project proposed along Toronto's waterfront by Alphabet Unit Sidewalk Labs has pledged not to sell advertisers the personal data collected to serve residents and visitors, they claim, as part of their 1,500-page master plan that they dropped on Monday will include links to all of those 1,000-page documents. It's not one document. It's a lot of several different ones. Plus, sidewalk summer open house this weekend, y'all. <laughs> James, you're going to miss it, man. 
I would actually be there if I was in the physical uh, vicinity just to just to see it and expose it for what it is. But anyway, um, perhaps someone in the area can can go and do that. But yeah, it, this is a, an interesting story, and, and hopefully people um, who watched my recent story on the 5G Dragnet will will notice that this story was in there. This was part of the, this Keyside project, is part of the entire Internet of Things, the 5G Dragnet and everything that it entails. And it is, oh boy, I mean, again, Orwellian, dystopian, these words are not even strong enough for what this represents. So in order to see it in its full context, I hope you'll go and watch or rewatch the 5G Dragnet. Um, but in a sense, I want to say in a sense, this is actually a type of good news story in the sense that uh, this is an example of them, they, them, those, pushing a little too hard, a little too quickly, pushing on that gas pedal a little too much so that people actually go, whoa, where's the brake? It's an interesting psychological mechanism. If you push on the gas pedal just a little bit and ease off and just a little bit, you can build up the speed so that people don't even really notice what's going on. But if you slam on the gas pedal, people are like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Where's the brake? And I think that's that's an example of what's happening here. If you introduce one little surveillance technology here and one over there and then one a little bit later on and get people gradually acclimatized to it, then... Well, you know, okay, we'll go for it. But then, if you if you scrap it all and try to build a new city from the from the ground up, oh, here's this new Keyside project! Wow! Then people will go, whoa, that's crazy. Uh, who's handling this data? So it actually makes people think about it a little bit more cl- carefully than they would otherwise. So in that sense, I'd actually say this is a a success or a good news story because it, it, I haven't seen a positive news story about Keyside or about Sidewalk Labs since this whole fiasco started developing. Uh, it's just one bad news story after another. Hey guys, this is this is bad news. This is bad news. So in in that sense, maybe this is good. Yeah, uh, not unmitigated good news. I, yes, I think that's the word. <laughs> uh, it's pronounced Keyside. Yes. Okay, that shows. I guess I'm. I guess I'm reading a lot more than I'm. I'm listening to lately. <laughs> For I think uh, related on this segment too, related news on how much we should trust the Alphabet Incorporated agency. Alphabet Incorporated's Google pulls videos from YouTube that expose Google's 2020 election manipulation, because Google is of course hoping to avoid the next Trump situation, as an insider admitted on Hidden Camera. So if folks aren't able to make it to the Smart City open house this weekend in Toronto, maybe you can catch some 5G waves at Glastonbury. James, I've always actually wanted to go to this giant, massive festival in the UK, and I still think I will, you know, one of these days. But what's going on surrounding it right now, the 2019 edition? Petitions call for 5G ban at Glastonbury Festival, much like we've covered on past episodes about South by Southwest or other things, again, that used to basically be about punk and indie rock and all that sort of things are now giant sort of, you know, consent manufacturing psyop giant events. So, of course, they're rolling out all the latest whiz bang stuff at Glastonbury, one of the, if not the largest you know, annual music festival. The new this is the BBC. The new speedy 5G mobile network is set to be trialed at this year's Glastonbury Festival for the very first time. The event, which runs from pretty much right now to June 30th will host over 200,000 attendees. They will be some of the first people to test the latest mobile network before it's rolled out across several cities in the UK latest th- later this year as long as they have a phone that's compatible with 5G. 
Some campaigners have set up a petition for it to be banned at the world-famous festival, which 3,000 people have signed. They say they're worried about how safe the new technology is. Residents of Glastonbury Town, which I think is maybe the more important folks to listen to, they've expressed concerns over 5G. The issue's even been taken up with local authorities, so this is interesting. Aside from the festival itself, Glastonbury City Council is looking into it, and they've already voted against the introduction of 5G in the town for now. They sort of backed it off. However, the government says that given the evidence from health experts in the UK, they are happy for 5G to be rolled out. One that gets into some of the other petitions from the mirror, which is, of course, is like crazy people. Glastonbury residents signed petition to ban 5G ahead of music festival, but at least they add the part that says, and here's why these folks might be concerned about these issues. But again, the final insult via telecom TV, 5G claims prompt tinfoil hat backlash. So James, I will include the links to the 2019 lineup. It's actually already started pretty much as we're taping this right now. It starts slow with you know salsa classes and tango lessons and life of Brian screenings. And then it works up to things like The Cure and Janet Jackson by this weekend, James. Yeah, I love how the mainstream always, always, always goes full on right into tinfoil hat crazy kind of dismissing, dis- dis- dismissal of these concerns. Um, because uh, it shows that they still have not learned after the, all these decades now, they still haven't learned that they are not setting the main, the conversation anymore. And they are not the arbiters of what is crazy and what is sane in the way that they used to be. So that when they go and dismiss people's concerns about these things, I don't think they understand how that's coming across to a lot of people. Anyway, that being said, I don't follow the music media at all. I know you do, James. So I'm curious, have you seen any discussion of this in the music media? Uh, only in the in the couple of British places that I follow, I follow New Music Express on on Twitter, and they've essentially what I saw when when doing the prep for this episode. Most of the news was from three months ago when this was initially announced. The company called EE is the one that's rolling this out, and so if you go search it, you'll mostly find stories from back in April that all just say, "Oh, neat, EE's gonna do 5G at Glastonbury," and nothing really, you know, pro or, or con about it. I suppose as it's gotten closer, I I had to sort of go look for maybe some controversies. But by now, if you search Glastonbury 5G, you will indeed find these BBC and other articles saying, hey, there are people maybe bringing up some questions about this, and they're not alone. So thanks, James, actually, to to those, uh, the change.org petitions. Some of them, you know, only have a couple of, of thousands of signatures, but this also reminds me of of a town back back in my home state of West Virginia called Green Bank. And it's a town that because it has all kinds of crazy government transmissions and technologies, other radio transmissions, internet, Wi-Fi, all of that stuff is banned. And there's a group of people that have essentially migrated there because of there's no radio waves and all the stuff there. So I'm kind of thinking of Glastonbury and Green Bank, West Virginia, in a lot of the same ways. Yeah. And and this, for me, this uh, that's the point of this story, is are the people who are signing these petitions and are concerned about this, are they going to put their tickets where their mouth is, um, so to speak? Are they going to say, we're not going to go if there is 5G? And if so, that's great. And I applaud that because, yeah, if you're serious about this, don't go. Don't feed the beast. Uh, and also make a big stink about it. You know, make a big boycott, whatever. 
web page and, and advertise the fact you are not going because of 5G. That's the way to get something out of this, because again, the only thing they're going to respond to in this case is whether or not people are paying for the tickets. Well, the, the tinfoil hat backlash article essentially says, you think the people going to this thing will actually know or care about it? Nah, they're probably too stoned anyway. So it's that sort of, again, dismissive. However, it's quite possible that most of the people going to this don't even really know anything about it. And even when they're there, it might be walking through the gates. They'll be, oh, cool, 5G. I've heard that's going to be super fast and neat. And meanwhile, it's people sort of on the outside that are, you know, screaming and yelling at, at you know, attendees trying to go in, I, I suppose. James, before we wrap this episode up, can I ask you one question? Did sure. you ever go to music festivals yourself back in the day? Yeah, I went to Somersault 2000 back at Race City Speedway or whatever back in Edmonton because uh, Smashing Pumpkins were playing there. And I uh, distinctly recall uh, the Foo Fighters were playing in the afternoon and I was just conserving my energy for a band that I actually cared about. So I was sitting there on the bleachers and Dave Grohl specifically called us all out. You guys sitting on the bleachers, you suck. If I was at a concert like this, I'd be up front and moshing and getting into it. <laughs> I remember thinking, you're not worth it, Dave. You're not worth it. <laughs> but you're like, I will, but later. <laughs> when some good music comes on. <laughs> All right, let's not start insulting people's favorite bands out there, James. As I always like to wrap up these episodes and tell folks I stream news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, Mountain Time at MediaMonarchy.com slash listen. Sure, hope folks will come check it out. All right, well, we'll leave it there for this week. We'll see what kind of interesting questions we get into next week, James. Thanks again. All right, thanks, buddy. Take care.